Well, on this wintry morning, we'll turn again to Jude, this epistle of Jude, which we have been looking at for the past few weeks. I'm going to read a passage from Jude. We'll read from verse 7 on to uh, verse 13, probably. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example suffering the vengeance of eternal life. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputes about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. But these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beasts, in those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them! For they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily, after the error of Balaam, for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. These are spots in your feasts of charity, when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. What an amazing portion we have before us this morning. I don't think we'll get through it all, but we'll do our best. Poor Jude. He had intended to write about something completely different. Instead, he, through the guidance of the Holy Spirit of God, had to write this very solemn epistle. It was written for our learning and as a warning of future judgment upon those who have strayed away from the truths of Scripture and followed a false spirit, especially those who had wormed their way into the churches. And sadly, it would also appear that false teachers were also being given credence by some church members. Verse 7, which we spoke about last week, it clearly elucidates the sins of Sodom. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication 
and going after strange flesh are set forth for an example an example to us and explaining how they are suffering the vengeance of eternal fire in verse 8 these men who had wormed their way into the churches are called dreamers they think of the evils in the imagination of their minds look at Genesis 6 verse 5 Genesis 6 verse 5 some of these verses we will repeat again and again because they are so relevant to what Jude says and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually in their imagination they conjured up things to do and they were only evil continually but now look at verse 8 likewise likewise in the same manner in like manner in similar fashion that's what likewise means in the same way these men were behaving just like Sodom in all manner of evil these dreamers walked about after their own thoughts and imaginations consider the contrast with Noah Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord God counted Noah as being just in his sight because Noah walked with God may I be found walking with God and being found just in his sight we looked at this verse in Ezekiel 16 verse 40 and this is also a description of the way these dreamers were behaving throughout this letter behold this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom pride fullness of bread and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters neither neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy Sodom lived for themselves proud an abundance of idleness and so that every thought and imagination of their heart was only evil continually you know we only have to look around today at the advertisements we see treat yourself because you're worth it and then in churches 
churches these kingdom now churches you're the king's kids live as king's kids you know I was thinking about that and what did Paul say that he was worth it Ephesians 3 verse 8 Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 8 unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ he thought of himself as the least of all saints that he should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ before Paul was converted and met with his Lord and Saviour on the road to Damascus he would have treated the Gentiles as being totally outside anything to do with the God of Israel but now he considers himself the least of all the saints so that he should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And then a little bit further on, he says, For I am the least of the apostles, and am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. Oh, it must have been at the back of his mind that he had persecuted the church, bringing Christians into judgment. It must have hurt him. I'm the least of the apostles. I'm not even meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. And then in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 15 this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. So he reckoned himself to be the chief of sinners. The least of all the saints. Not worthy to be called an apostle. And now. I am. The chief. Of sinners. Not much room for pride. In Paul's opinion. Of himself. And now to go on to. This verse which we have just been considering. There were three sins placed on the lives of these dreamers in verse 8. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh despise dominion and they speak evil 
of dignitaries. There is very little of even common or garden respect around these days. But in the world, there is no respect for God. Jesus is only used as a curse word to many people today. Even self-respect is something which is lacking. Vulgarity and self-promotion is the common way for the world. I don't know whether you read the Daily Telegraph yesterday. But even Prince William seems to be feeling the strain of life these days. He's on a, a tour in the middle of the Far East and he had a question time in a school. And one ten-year-old girl asked about how an individual could help protect wildlife before going on to describe his hopes that his children would inherit a better world. And here's what he said. I worry about the future more. When you have something or someone in your life to give the future to. I think it focuses the mind more about what you are giving them. And are you happy that you've done all you can to leave it in a good state? I would like them to grow up with more simple aspirations. I think there's people living with an enormous amount of stuff that they don't necessarily need. The materialism of the world I find quite tricky sometimes. I would like George and Charlotte to grow up being a little bit more simple in their approach and their outlook and just looking after those around them and treating others as they would like to be treated themselves. We need to pray for this young man, his wife and his family. He is concerned for his children growing up in this world. I was thinking also uh, about tattoos. It says here they defile the flesh, they despise dominion, and they speak evil of dignities. I was thinking just about these tattoos that you see on every soccer player, every rugby player, just covered in these uh, tattoos. Leviticus 19 and verse 28 Ye shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. Some time ago I heard David Dimbleby admitting to recently having had a tattoo. The current craze for tattooing is perhaps yet another indication of those who defile the flesh. Admittedly in another way, but if one of these had been living in Israel in years past,
he would have been condemned severely by God. However, perhaps could it be in the coming age of the Antichrist, when a law will be passed compelling all to have the mark of the beast on their forehead or right hand, is all this tattooing just going to make it that much easier for this evil law to be fulfilled? And now we come to verse 9. Yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. Durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. Just incidentally, there's only one archangel mentioned in scripture. Michael. The book of Common Prayer the short prayer in the communion service mentions archangels in the plural. Something the Roman Catholic Church believe in. They even have given names for some of them. There is the one and only archangel mentioned in scripture. But in any case... Michael, the archangel, was contending with the devil as he disputed about the body of Moses. This is the one and only time this event is mentioned in the word of God. Although perhaps unusual for one and only mentions, it is not a singular thing. An example, when Moses confronted Pharaoh's magicians when asking for the release of the children of Israel in early Exodus, the names of these magicians are unknown. But in 2 Timothy 3 verse 8, we are given their names. So the fact that this particular mention of Michael uh, contending with Satan being the only time it's mentioned does not in any way take away uh, from that event. People have, over the years, some contested whether this was true or not. But we know that it is the word of God. The point of this piece of information uh, from this text is to show the need for us all to respect authority and show that God rules in governance throughout the world and his universe. Where he shows dignity, so we should do likewise. We see today men binding Satan and speaking evil of such dignitaries. But what did Michael the archangel say? The Lord rebuke thee. No railing accusation, no demands, just the Lord rebuke thee. Quite a lesson for us to learn in some of our dealings. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide us to walk in accordance with the word of God 
in all things to walk worthy of our Savior. So, moving on to verse 10. But likewise, these dreamers speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally as brute beasts, in those things they corrupt themselves. Remember that verse we had a few weeks ago in Ezekiel 16.49. And it said something of the character of the Sodomites. It said, Sodom, pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness. Those were the main things that people noticed about uh, Sodom and Gomorrah in that passage in Ezekiel. They were proud. They had an abundance of idleness. This gave them time to think all these thoughts. In Genesis 6 verse 5 to which we have just recently referred and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. They had an abundance of idleness. You know, there is that proverb which says Satan finds some evil things for idle hands to do or something like that. But these people had an abundance of idleness. So it gave them thoughts. It gave them time to think up the evil. The thoughts and imaginations of their heart was only evil continually. Here again the amplified version of verse 10 is solemnly clear. But these men sneer at anything which they do not understand. And whatever they know by mere instinct, like unreasoning and irrational beasts, by these things they are destroyed. They destroy themselves by their irrational and beastly conduct. Arrogant and proud men, if they do not understand something, rather than seeking to understand it, fall to jeering and abusing the things they do not understand. We have all met such people. They are irrational, brutes people, the scriptures call them. What a terrible indictment God has written on their charge sheet. Arrogant and proud do not understand something so they make they jeer it and they make problems for the people seeking to uphold the word of God now in verse 11 Jude refers back to the Old Testament this is something he has been doing right from the start of this little epistle. Here again. He shows us that. 
the behavior of sinful men has not changed. And the pattern of sin remains the same. Originating and emanating from a sinful nature. As God said in Genesis, it is only evil continually. Let us read again just verse 11. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17, verse 9. They have gone after the way of Cain, the son of Adam, and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of core. Three examples Cain, Balaam, and Kor. Balaam was the man whose donkey spoke to him. You remember the story. Cain slayed his brother. And Kor, well, Kor rebelled against Moses and Aaron. We look at each one of those next week. What had these three got in common? Well, that will have to wait until next week. Look up these three people in your Bibles and see if you can answer that question. What have these three got in common? And so... We will leave Jude for another week. Look up those verses we've been talking about. And pray that God will keep us worthy of him. That we may walk daily in the way that pleases God. We pray for his namesake. Amen.